For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Welcome to Ladies Talking Leafs. I'm Chris. And I'm Syl. And yeah, we got a good show for you today. Um, before we get into it, we want to thank all the healthcare workers um, that we've been thanking for how long now? I think it's, what is it? It's four March, months. April, three, May, four months. June. Three, three yeah. months so far. I mean, we should always be thanking them, obviously, but um, during these uh, pandemic times, it's a, it's a, it's tough sort of thing, but we're getting through it and we got lots to talk about today, that's for sure. So, um, uh, and, yeah, uh, we just want to thank you, the healthcare workers. And before we get into everything, um, we are recording on June 1st. And as we all know, there's been a lot of unrest um, in the States and also here at home with regards to the um, you know, police brutality and and everything and all the all the protests uh, in the states. And of course, you know, we are a couple of privileged white women. So um, it's really not, I don't think, our place to really speak on this um, from personal point of view. Uh, but we do want to say that, you know, we are showing solidarity with everyone on this. And um, we are also happy that uh, the Leafs organization um, and several Leaf players have come out and spoken out against it as well. And um, they didn't mince words like uh, the Leafs organization, you know, called it what it is and said that it was it was murder. And, um, you know, it's it's just hope that this this time. Um, it will, you know, for some longer lasting change and our 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 voices right now, we're, we, we just need to amplify the voices that need to be heard and educate ourselves more is what I kind of feel. So yeah, I mean, and I mean, I totally agree with, uh, with everything that you just said. I mean, I, I grew up in Scarborough. So um, I mean, I've always had friends that were of all, all nationalities, basically. And um, I mean, I never came across anything like things that are happening today sort of thing but um where where i saw um people getting marginalized like that or 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 just the bad things that are being said about people and and that but um um yeah i've i've i i i really i don't know i those are the people i grew up with sort of thing so um to me we're all the same um and uh and we should all be treated equally and uh, yeah, and let's hope these. Uh, hopefully, we can get to some peaceful, more peace, and 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 really bring on change with with the peace. Yes, so, definitely. Yeah. 
so moving on, um, well, not just moving on, but we're just, uh, we want to talk some hockey now. <laughs> get get to, um, finally, there's some good things to to report on with, with hockey. So, um, but first yeah, of all, actually things to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, first, well, I guess it's June and we've actually never spoke about the Leafs in June. Um, uh, we looked this up and the, <laughs> the latest that we've gone into the playoffs is May 31st, 1999. That's the last game. Um, I guess, or the latest game that we played into the playoffs where we lost to the Sabres in the Eastern Conference final in 19, May 31st, 1999. And um, I don't know, I was saying to Syl that I, I really, when I saw that, it was just like it brought back all these memories of that game and being at Air Canada Centre and, um, yeah, and how Matt's basically came back in that series and because uh, he was injured for the first I think he was re- injured for yeah the first two series. He came back in that third series or Buffalo against Buffalo. Mm-hmm. In yeah, the was, that's when he hurt his hand or something. Yeah, and then an injured hand. We were doing so well. He came back, and then everything just went to yeah. nothing. <laughs> I know, and like because Gary Roberts and Alan McCauley were like leading the charge so much in that series, and then Matt's came back, and I think they just. Everyone seemed to like back off somehow. I, it's just was very, very strange. Anyway, didn't happen. Yes. So, so <laughs> yeah, that hopefully uh, we'll be talking about the Leafs in June for uh, better reasons down the road yeah. than this. Yeah. But um, yeah. <laughs> so other than that, um, the other news uh, that we have is that the AHL season is officially done. Um, there are a few Marley's players that are on standby and are going to be prepared to practice and play um, should the season resume, um, which is expected. And um, it's actually pretty exciting because uh, the taxi squad for the playoffs includes Nick Robertson, which I have to say, before that news came down, I was thinking they really should put him on the team because this is like this isn't kind of an unprecedented situation. They normally wouldn't have the opportunity to do that because, you know, he's ha- he's been having a really great season. He's probably he would probably be in the OHL playoffs, and um, in normally we wouldn't have the opportunity to see him called up in this way. So um, it'd be kind of exciting to see if he gets to play or um, you know where sure. they put him. But anyway, yeah. it's pretty cool because yeah, I uh, I actually heard uh, his head coach from the Peterborough Peets. He actually got mm-hmm. me more more uh, excited with the way he described this kid, the way he plays. So yeah. he actually had, he had 55 goals in 46 games. So he was actually yeah. going, I guess, for the Peterborough Peets record, I guess, uh, for most goals um, in the least amount of games. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously that ended because the OHL season ended. But um, yeah, he basically just described him as a, a focused and, and very like determined player. And he actually played on the PK, mm-hmm. which I didn't know as well. He had eight shorthanded goals. Yeah, and I see him like uh, really being like fulfilling some of the roles that you know similar to what um, what Marner does, for example. Yeah, except uh, you know he's a little more of a sniper than than him. Um, yeah. But uh, it'd be he interesting it, though, to the the coach. He actually yeah. said he's lethal on the breakaway. Ha. When he says lethal, like I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait to well, see that. 
<laughs> oh, totally. And it's, it's actually had us, uh, another Lady Leaf fan um, comment on uh, Twitter that she'd like to see him uh, play with um, with uh, Kerfoot and Kapanen maybe and see what he can do. I could see that being a pretty nice third line yeah. if they give him a shot at that. Anyways, we'll see what happens. Um, in addition to this uh, Nick Robertson um, news, uh, we also have some birthdays in June on uh, the Leaf Squad. So Zach Hyman, uh, he is celebrating a birthday on June 9th. Um, he will be 28 years old. And uh, Jason Spezza is June 24th, and he will be 37. And I think Pierre Engvall also just celebrated a birthday recently. So um, we're yes, going yesterday. to call him, yeah. shout him out also, even though technically he's not a June birthday. Birthday, but but uh, kudos to them and happy birthday to all of our leaves. And uh, and then other things that are, I guess in June, I guess some historical things that we looked back uh, or we looked for uh, to see what happened. And of course, June fifteenth, nineteen eighty five. My favorite player, one of my favorite players, Wendell Clark, was drafted. And mm-hmm. just one thing, going back to Matt Sundin again. Um, <laughs> Don't want to pick on him too much, but the reason, I guess, we talked a little bit about it in the last podcast, too, um, but there's a couple of things that, for me, I guess I why I'm not a huge fan of Matt's. He was traded for Wendell Clark, so he was, Wendell Clark mm-hmm. was my favorite player, so that was a, you know, that was a huge hit for me to see Wendell get traded, and then uh, the other thing is, there's so many fans of Matt Sundin, and I just, for him to just not show up at like at the uh sorry the Scotiabank arena or anything like yeah like not to give his fans the time of day like that like I don't know I just don't I don't see it that he he's not showing appreciating all the fans he has thousands thousands of fans I know love him and I don't know how they still love him because he doesn't they seem to forgive him for for that you know whereas we don't so because we have the, our favorite players, they always showed us fans of respect that way, in my opinion, anyway. So, yeah. So, well, that I was... Think it's part of it, I think part of it, too, is that, you know, we... The, the players were more accessible to us back then, and everybody who loves Mats is used to the fact that he was not that accessible. So, maybe it, it doesn't really bother them that much for that reason, because he was never accessible for them, yeah. really. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> so... Yeah. So, yeah. and then, of course, the other uh, very important player, VIP player, best, our best mm-hmm. player on our team, uh, was drafted June 24th, uh, 2016, Austin Matthews. That was the day, right. uh, I guess, when I think I actually put on Instagram, I posted on our Instagram this picture of... Uh, on the Toronto Sun, and it had uh, the Savior <laughs> yeah. on the cover, sort of thing, right? So on on that day, on June 24, twenty sixteen. So yeah. yeah, unfortunately, he will not uh, get the strive for Vive, the fifty goals this mm-hmm. year, but he'll he'll get it next year. No, no I really wonder. Um, I wonder how pissed off he is about that because he was really coming on. I actually feel like he could have. First of all, gotten that and also maybe gotten the Rocket Richard as well. Because yeah. the other two kind of had, you know, backed off a little bit. Um, you know, they had except well, I guess, um which call it Ovechkin had that one hat trick night, but but I I think he could have eclipsed them given the opportunity. 
So well, I read also too that he had thirteen posts that he that he hit. Yeah, I so, know, right? Right. So you got to thank thirteen posts, right? No. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, and then the next, the last item in June that we want to highlight is that it's going to be Father's Day on June twenty first. So happy Father's mm-hmm. Day to all the dads there, because we forgot to mention this in May for the mothers. <laughs> That's right. We didn't really say it. That's the more important day, Mother's Day. Considering Mm -hmm. we're female, right? We should say Happy Mother's Day too, but... um, That's right. So we didn't want to miss out on the dads this time. So Happy Father's Day to all the dads on coming up in June. Into the league update. On to our league update. So um, the NHL, you know, basically uh, Gary Bettman um, a week or so ago... uh, posted and spoke about the four-phase plan uh, that they have for reopening. Um, So that is good news because it means it will, in fact, uh, reopen. Technically, we're kind of in phase one right now, which is uh, basically getting uh, players back to their home rink areas. Um, Several players have come back already, uh, including Nick Robertson, who we talked about before. And of course, they're going to, especially in Canada, they're going to have to have their 14-day quarantine. Um, And then we are moving to phase two, um, which I think has already opened, where um, they've opened practice facilities now, and players are going to get to uh, have um, workouts and skates uh, in small groups of six. Uh, it is optional. It's not mandatory. There's no coaches, no team um, uh, people around. And of course, they have to keep our keep their distance. Um, it's just giving them the opportunity to use the workout facilities and get some skates in. And then phase three, which would be official tra- training camps, um, would not be... Um, starting in uh, before July 10th. So sometime towards mid-July, we should have something official coming up. And then phase four will be the official games, which um, there's no starting point or deadline for that. But I think that they were looking at August, September, and maybe having a Stanley Cup awarded sometime around Thanksgiving. So um, we'll see how that all kind of comes to fruition. So we're watching for that now, but um, yeah. it's it's ex- it's exciting at least that the potential for hockey is on the horizon. There's lots of things to work out, especially the hub cities and where they're going to play. And um, I think that uh, Christine, you can speak to that part of it. The the what's going on with the yeah. hubs and Actually, the format. It is exciting, like you said, and then, but what brought me down was, I guess, a lot of these, some of these insiders, I guess, like Darren Dreger, Elliot Friedman, and all that, they were all like saying, okay, like, here's the plan, right? Like Gary Bettman came on TV, gave us the plan, and then they're like, but hang on, there's all these important things that are still not 100% with the players, like even though they've, I guess they've agreed to the format, um, but mm-hmm. there's still a lot of questions surrounding the safety, um, the families, I guess, like they're going to be away from their families for right, however for long in the hub hub cities. Um, and then today I was listening earlier to Darren Dreger at TSN and he was saying he was really going on about this financial part um, when it comes to the escrow for the players, which that's a... That's another topic altogether that we'll, we'll get into it on another day. Mm-hmm. But so 
yes, it's exciting, but then we, I guess we have to take a step back a little bit too. But let's get, we want to, we're fans, so we want to stay with the exciting part. So <laughs> yeah. let me describe, uh, I'm sure you, every, our listeners have probably heard this already, but just to make sure that, um, I guess to make it clear that the players did agree to the 24-team playoff tournament. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's a, basically the way it works is there's a play-in series based on point points percentage um and it's a best of five series in that so it's a play-in to get into the playoffs basically um and in that the Leafs would play Columbus so as I tweeted out or put on Instagram it's great because we will not be seeing the Bruins at least in this playoffs in this play-in series which I I consider not in the first round anyway not in the first round yeah (laughs) I consider even though they're calling it a play-in series I consider that a uh, a playoff series so if uh, we don't have to worry about the Bruins in, in this case, and it's a best of five. Then mm-hmm. the top four teams um, from each conference, they get the bye, and they'll be um, they'll be basically playing a round-robin series between each other, too. And mm-hmm. it really hasn't been determined as to whether or not it's going to affect the seeding of those four teams. Like whether or not, because right now Boston, they won the President's Trophy as like that really doesn't mean anything anymore because normally the President's Trophy winner who who finishes first overall in the league would get home ice throughout the playoffs. But that's not going to happen, obviously. I think it's funny, too, because some Bruins people uh, sent out a thing saying it's not fair because they should (laughs) get the first seed. And they're they're crying over there. Oh, wah, wah, wah. Oh, well. (laughs) Whatever Typical. that that's fine. He they can whine all they want. They they mm-hmm. have the best whiner there in Marshan himself. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, so they're going to do a round robin, the top four teams in each conference, um, uh, and then from that it'll determine the sixteen team playoff um, round, which would be four rounds. Right now, it's it's still best of seven right now for all four rounds, um, but it um, it could be a possibility that the first round will be a best of five. They're still discussing that part of it. So yeah. yeah so and uh, and as as far as that goes too, like uh, they don't know yet if they're going to do go to the bracket format as far as the seeding goes after each yeah. round, or if they're just going to reseed. I personally feel that they should re- just reseed. I mean, if you're going to do something different and have it um, not as uh, because they've they've got you know more teams in the fold now. And they're split it up by conference. I don't think that keeping it divisional wise is is as necessary in this case. And if they're going to do something different, they may as well do it completely different for this time and just reseed it. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But um, I guess like the playoff model itself, do you like it? Well, I mean, I I don't think... I'm crazy about the 24 teams so much. I think 20 would have been fine. Uh, I, you know, I think it's kind of, it's fortunate that, you know, Chicago and Montreal, you know, got to get to participate. And I don't know if it's 100% fair. Um, And I don't necessarily think that the percentages when the, at the end of the season that we completed, uh, indicated that they would have had enough of a a chance to make it. So no, they wouldn't. They actually said... The Habs had zero percent chance. They actually said yeah, that so it like, was zero. What are you rewarding and, them for? 
And the Except Hawks for had, that, it's the Hawks had two point nine percent chance, yeah, of getting in. Except for that, both of those markets are really popular hockey markets, and that they, they probably want to include them for that reason. It's it's all a marketing thing, and not not doesn't have anything to do with them, you know, earning that spot. So, uh, but you know, at the same time, like I'm not gonna complain too much. This is what they've come up with. Everyone's agreed, so. I'm going to just, once it all rolls out, I'm not going to be thinking about, you know, whether or not it was fair. I'm probably just going to yeah. be enjoying the games. And yeah. the one thing I would have liked to see is if the, they're going to do it this way, including teams that maybe don't really have a real reason to be there, then I think for that play-in in particular, I had heard some suggestions that for uh, the teams that were ahead that they only had to win two instead of having to win three out of five. So like if your team had the better record, then technically you would only have to win two out of five to advance and a team with the worst record would have to win three out of five to advance. I think that would have made it a little bit more fair considering that they're including all of these teams, but I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen, but anyway, that, to me, I thought was a pretty good suggestion, though. So, and what do you think about us uh, going against Columbus? I'm excited just to have just to two things I'm excited about. One is to listen to Torts to John Tortorella after every game. <laughs> after, in the po- yeah, in the post game, funny. That'll be that funny. is just going to be entertainment in itself. It will and- remind me a little bit of the the. Pat Burns, uh, Barry Melrose um, <laughs> exchanges, remembering the having another Keith, hot dog and all yeah, that. I, I don't think Sheldon Keith can no. uh, can match no, up he to that. Um, he he doesn't look like the type. That. No, no, no. <laughs> um, and the other but, thing um, is the other thing I'm looking forward to. Like we don't have to hear that cannon. You know, in, in uh, Columbus they have that cannon every time they right. score a goal. Oh yeah, because unless Columbus becomes a hub. In which case, then, then we would have to hear it. No, so but actually, they not. said that the uh, if somehow I don't know how this is going to work, but with the hub cities, like those mm-hmm. home teams are not going to like we wouldn't even play here if the hub city is here. Oh, they're gonna okay. they're gonna make sure that we're in the other hub city somehow. So does that mean they're going to have more than one in in the east and more than one in the west? No, because they. That's why I didn't really understand. That's it's all to be still worked How's out. How's that but possible? Like I don't know, I don't know. But um, but that's what they said. They said that the nobody is go- no team is gonna be in their home city. Like if it's a hub city, they're gonna. So have then, its, I don't know. Are that's they gonna how they make all the Eastern Conference teams play in play the West? In the West. Yeah, they, all the they West. could do that. Well, that's the way they could do it. They yeah. could do it that way. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. So. Anyhow, so those are the two things that I'm looking forward to. And um, I mean, I think hopefully Freddie will be good because that's the main advantage we have um, or better than good, I guess, because, yeah, yeah, because they don't, they have two goalies that haven't played at all in the playoffs. And um, yeah. And so sometimes though that works against you too, they could turn out to be like hot goalies then. Just get hot. Because they have no pressure. But, um, but yeah, I mean. Well, I don't know, like we don't have the greatest record against them, which is the thing that always that kind of concerns me. But, you know, and they've also gotten back a lot of their 
top players that have been injured. That being said, we've got we're getting back most of ours as well, except yeah. for Janssen, who's more long term. And I guess it still remains to be seen whether Mikheyev will be back or not. Although, I mean, even before this stoppage happened, he was already shooting. So yeah. we'll see. But um, yeah, anyway, but I you know it'll just be years. exciting to see hockey regardless. Yeah, but it's 15 years since we last won a playoff series, so... I know. I have a but feeling... But is that considered a playoff series, the play-in? Well, that, that's why I said earlier, I consider that a playoff series. I don't I don't care. It's a best three out of five, and yeah. I consider it a playoff series myself because there's something on the line. You're, you're... True. Right? There's something on the line, and if you don't win, you're done, sort of thing, right? So, yeah. Yeah. So, anyhow. Yeah, so... Okay, I'll take yeah. it. You yeah. sold me. On the heels of all that, there's also been discussions of um, what's going to happen with the draft lottery. They were trying to move it up to, like, I guess it was supposed to be at the end of this week, but that got kiboshed pretty quickly. Um, So now it's going to be held on June 26th, um, Ottawa, uh, having two uh, first round High-level first-round picks has the best chance to get the number one because uh, they have both the second and third picks, and there are 15 other teams in the lottery. Seven are already determined, and the other eight will be the losers from the play-in series. So it's a little bit complicated the way it all works out, but um, yeah. So that means <laughs> like Kyle Dubas wasn't too excited about this question, but that means basically if we lose in the play-on play-in series versus Columbus. Mm-hmm. That means we yeah. we are in the lottery, basically. That's um, right. Or we could be in the... Yeah. Yeah, sorry. We are in the... We would be in the lottery. We would be placed uh, based on points percentage again um, as part of the 15 teams. And we have to remember, too, that our pick this year, our first pick, goes to Carolina. So That's right. because of that whole Patrick Marlowe thing, but if we place, so we got to finish as high as possible. Well, yeah, if we place eleventh or lower, that pick mm. is lottery protected. So we would actually keep that pick if we were eleventh or, um, mm. or higher. Sorry, not lower, higher. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have to be eleventh and uh, higher than that to actually keep the pick. Um, so yeah, but like Kyle Dubas said, we don't want to be thinking about that <laughs> or we hope no. not to be thinking about that <laughs> absolutely yeah. so no we'll cross that bridge when we come to it and i guess that will be potential consolation prize material um but uh for now we're just going to assume that we won't be part of that and basically because the t- the pl- the teams that are part of the play-in round uh, won't be determined until after that is over. So that likely won't be in August until sometime in end of July or August. Um, The date for the actual draft will be uh, determined um, after the Stanley Cup is awarded. And let's hope that happens. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so the other part of this plan uh, is the two hub cities um, and Toronto has put in their bid to be a hub city. So other Canadian cities that have put in a bid, Edmonton, who's really strongly going at it. Uh, they're yeah, definitely. Their premier there is on, I keep hearing his name all the time and not really listening to the details, but uh, I keep hearing his name in the news. He's really excited about trying to get this uh, uh, Edmonton as a hub city and then Vancouver, 
uh, is the other Canadian city. Uh, Columbus, Minnesota, Dallas, Pittsburgh, Vegas, and Chicago. Um, so I, Edmonton, I think, has probably the best shot because their premier is willing to kind of fudge the uh, requirements for quarantine because that is pretty much the only way. So like if uh, if Premier Ford is not willing to or can't um, because of, you know, because the, the municipality of Toronto is like a, it's it's a massive hub, right? It's much bigger than Edmonton, even though Edmonton is, is you know, a larger city in Canada. But basically, the the population density there is not the same. And of course, they do have the resources of the new rink, good practice facilities, um, hotels nearby, and they have the strong support of the premier there. So, um that I think will kind of push them in the direction. I honestly think that if that's going to be the case, that it would be nice if they could, for the sake of timing, as far as um, the time zones go, because uh, they're going to obviously have to have like triple headers and stuff. If they have, you know, like uh, hubs that are kind of all aligned, like one north and one south, that's kind of aligned in the same time zones, then then our Leaf games can stay still at seven o'clock instead of having to be too early or too late. So, yeah, well, I'm already thinking that far ahead. It's the Leafs, so I I think we're, (laughs) it's the Leafs, so I I definitely, I think that we'll be on at seven o'clock, no no doubt. Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. I, I don't know about us being a hub city. I don't I don't think, like you said, uh, Doug Ford. I don't think he's going to be fudging the rules or anything like that from uh, to get to get this here. Although we we do have all the facilities and that, and we've we've hosted tournaments before, like the World Juniors, and and like so mm-hmm. our our city is world class that way to be able well, to it's handle definitely, that. It's not a question of the facilities at all. Uh, I don't think. I think they they're well set up for that for sure. Um, it's just a question of the fact that the amount of people that the players could come into contact with and traveling back and forth, um, they've got, they've, they've made a very, uh, generous, um, suggestion and recommendation for what they're going to do for testing as well, um, where they would, they're willing to test the players, but also, you know, donate testing to the public. Um, but, uh, I think logistically it will be tougher to do it here in Toronto as much as I would love to see it. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's still, at least we're talking about it and we have a plan in place, a format, a playoff mm-hmm. format. So that's, yeah. uh, I mean, at least it's just, it's going to be evolving yeah. right as we go. So yeah, yeah. even sure. by the time this podcast comes out on in a day or two, in a couple of days, could it all change. Knows? It could all change, right? But at least we know the, the format is staying the same, I think, right? But there's still yes. there might be fine tuning a bit, but uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, we do have a, a leaf update, of course. That's like an mm-hmm. overall league update. But uh, what do we got yeah, still so for the leaf update? In our in our actual stuff that's gone on with the uh, with the team, um, our assistant coach who was running our power play, uh, Paul McFarland. Uh, decided to leave um, to become a head coach of the Kingston Frontenacs. I think he has uh, expressed uh, 
a desire to really focus on becoming a head coach in the league. So he um, decided that getting more head coaching experience is going to benefit him. So we bid him a farewell. Um, yeah, but he, and, he is actually, one thing I forgot to note there too is the, the fact yeah. that he is staying on. Um, I guess he's staying on to the end of the playoffs. Right. And then he's going to be going to the... Uh, wow. I mean, he's got nothing to go to right now anyways. Well, yeah, it's, it, it would actually more... It would it would more affect Kingston, let's say, um, mm-hmm. depending on when they start their season, right? Because mm-hmm. the playoffs could not end until like November, right? So right. the OHL could start before then, but he's agreed I, to stay with I us. I don't know about that, but anyway. Anyways, we'll yeah, that that's... That's something. But uh, one thing, though, I mentioned to you, which I guess I was, yeah, I guess I was wrong originally when I was thinking of it. But I wasn't impressed with his power play anyways, because our power play, the last, it was the last 12 games of the season that we, that Mm -hmm. we played. It was running at like 13.9%, which is brutal. And I think that's what everybody was looking at to say, what's wrong with the power play? Because uh, for those last 12 games, it was crap. Um, but mm-hmm. overall, actually, for the season, we were actually sixth. We were running at mm-hmm. 23%. Mm-hmm. So overall, it was good. It was just at the end of the season there that, for whatever reason, Yeah, we but ran that in. seems to be our MO. Like, I think last year, too, we started off pretty strong. And then, you know, towards the end of the season, things dropped off. And that's obviously not when you want that to happen. Yeah. So. Other than that, as far as Leaf News goes, um, we also, ironically, the day after we <laughs> recorded our last podcast, the very next day, they signed uh, another defenseman uh, <laughs> from the KHL, uh, Miko Lettinen. Uh, he signed a one-year, um, almost league uh, minimum deal, 925000 Uh He's 26 years old, uh, played in the K, as I mentioned, this past season. He's named the top uh, KHL defenseman for this past season as well. Year before, he played in the Swedish Hockey League, and he's just another great find from our director of European scouting, Jim Palafito. Um, so, yeah, they just keep finding these diamonds in the rough. And the thing and is, he's not a right shot defenseman, no, though. Exactly. But. I was just going to say that. So, another we just keep adding them. Yeah. yeah. So, what, like, I look like there's Dermot, there's Sandine. There's Marinson, Muzzin, Riley, and Callie Rosen. Mm-hmm. Um, Callie Rosen is down on, uh, and Sandine are both with the Marlies right now, but they're all left-handed defensemen. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what Dubis, Dubis has to have something in mind with, because they're really high on this uh, Miko Lenton and, uh, mm-hmm. well, he's not a kid. He's 26 yeah, years old. Yeah, they think he can play. Yeah. Well, and obviously... He- they're thinking that somebody's going to move to play on their offside. And I know they've talked to Sandine and Sandine is like, he says he can do it and he's done it yeah. with the Marlies. So well, um, this kid actually in his interview with, with Dubas this Miko Lenton and he, uh, when he had the media availability, he said the year prior to the, this past year in the KHL, when he played in the Swedish league, that mm-hmm. he played the whole season on the right side. Hmm. So he may be the one that um, is right. is the guy to play on the right side. I don't know, but it just um, it it's going to be interesting with having all these uh, options on on the left side. So mm-hmm. yeah, 
Yeah, and um, we actually had the opportunity. This is a this is actually a special little insight for us on our mm-hmm. on our side. You got you got some some uh, good good information here. We actually had the the opportunity to um, get on a call with a with some other f- group of fans to uh, give some questions to Kyle Dubas and Brandon Shanahan. Um, we had the opportunity to do that on a WebEx call. And yeah, we wanted to share with you a couple of things that we thought were interesting that they uh, that they that they mentioned. Um, in the case of Kyle Dubis, uh, his wasn't so interesting. I'll have to say it was. He spent a lot of time describing, I guess, what the team is doing or what the team did to prepare um, because of the whole pandemic uh, thing. There was a lot of things that were going on, so he spent a lot of time describing that. But he also mentioned uh, about the uncertainty of the salary cap and um, and the way we are structured. I guess the uncertainty of the salary cap being now, obviously, with the pandemic and there's no fans, uh, there's no gate revenue coming in, so the salary cap isn't going to move up any any uh, <laughs> anytime soon. That's for sure. And when he said that, given the way that they the team is structured. Um, basically, I thought of it meaning he's pointed to those four players uh, that are making the $41 million or whatever it is, $40 million. Uh, he's, he, he said it may mean that there's something in their plan that has to change. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but, again, that's just reading the between the lines. Um, and then... Uh, and then he talked a lot about the draft and how it is important that um, I guess how how they approach the draft in this pandemic and how the the European scouts they would normally go to the games, but in this case because of COVID nineteen it's not possible. So instead they're looking at game tapes, and I mean they're really going in depth with these game tapes. They're going shift by shift by for individual players to look for things um, that they well, do. They or, are the detailed oriented team? Yeah, yeah. So he's <laughs> like, the, so the last quite a number of weeks they've been they've been uh, looking at at these game tapes of players, and they did all the uh, the player interviews. They did them on the on the WebEx or Zoom. Um, Program so they interviewed all the young players um, getting uh, that are draft eligible um, to see to see if they saw a match there for our team um, and it is really important though that they had their strategy in place and that they he really focused on the draft a lot and and I, it is good to hear because most of our picks are in later mar- rounds so seven of our picks are from the fifth round on so. Mm-hmm. If you don't have, <laughs> if you're, if you don't have everything right, uh, just like we need those diamonds, diamond in the rough kind of thing, right? Like to find the, uh, right. the those good players in the later rounds because when you, when we went to Brendan Shanahan's WebEx, he was always talking about making sure the cupboards are full, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the link between the two that he. Brendan Shanahan expects like in order to have a continuous team that's winning or that does well, you need to have a good, a good prospect, uh, good group of prospects depth in the, in the organization. The only way to do that is to have good draft picks or good. um, um, And that comes down to the European scouts. Yeah. So, yeah. So So, um, they, that is interesting. 
to me too that he talks out that Dubis was talking that way. And I, I think that, you know, this traditionally, this is not the way they normally would do things, but sometimes, you know, when you do things differently, it's also an opportunity to see something different or in a different way that you would not have picked up on before. So their interviewing is going to big time come into play and that might, you know, um, they might find some some more intangibles in some players that they, they might not have picked up on before because yeah. things would have been focused differently, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So talking about Shanahan's uh, talk a little bit more, um, as you said, it was more interesting. Um, he's kind of hoping that the time away from the game sends a message to the young players that that the game isn't going to be there all the time. And so, you know, really, uh, they all kind of live in the moment. And I think even, you know, what's going on right now in the world on a greater scale is kind of showing that, um, you know, there's more to more to things. And so that the moment can be fleeting. And to appreciate it, I guess, is the message um, that he's trying to send. Um, and like you were talking about with, you know, drafting a good prospect pool, you know, he's very much about the evolution of the player. So, you know, from the young guy trying to get established, wanting his ice time, time on the power play, um, you know, maybe in uh, winning individual awards. So I think they kind of want to see that in in their players, in their young guys that, and I guess this is part of their plan for development too, is to, you know, look at these things and get them on track for, um you know, building their career resume, I guess, on the ice that way. Um, you know, and then you've got your veteran players too, who've been through the grind and um, and has learned a lot, and um, and he's learned a, lo- a lot from them as well. And they're they've got to be willing to give up a little bit and be rewarded in another way. So, i.e., winning the Stanley Cup. Yeah. So. so the so like the veteran players like they've been through it like you said and and mm-hmm. it's just that's the evolution of the player the way Shanahan was describing it was to say yeah. that the younger players they need to get to the point to understand that they need to give up those shifts sometimes because give it give it to another one of their um, another player and it. It, they'll be rewarded in the different way, which is which is winning. Then the ultimate goal is winning, mm-hmm. and and um, yeah. So, and then he talked about the Shanna plan. Talk about the Shanna plan. <laughs> <laughs> so, as far as the Shanna plan, where are we in the Shanna plan? Yeah. So he says he finds it's funny how the media portrays the Leafs as some grand experiment. He says there isn't one way to win, which is totally true, and. And he's not like Masai Ujiri, you know, yelling, we will win. But uh, (laughs) so because he's just not that guy. But he has a feeling that they will have success. And I trust him. If there's one person in this organization that I trust, and I would say that it this part is akin to Raptors fans, because I would say if you asked Raptors fans, do they trust Masai Ujiri? A hundred percent they do. And I feel the same way about Shanahan. He's got a different personality, but you know what? The thing that they both have in common is this strong vision for what it looks like to win and what it looks like to put together a championship organization. And that's what it all boils down to. And they are both 
amazing at adapting. And I think you need to be able to pivot. And these guys have the bigger, bigger vision, but they can pivot to make adjustments to get to where we want to go. And so I, I trust him. He may think he's not like Masai Ujiri, but I think he's more like him than he gives himself credit for. Oh, well, when when he was saying that about the Shanna plan and where we're at and he was talking mm-hmm. about it, it just got me excited because you could, he had a little smile on his face as he was saying, he like, he just has this feeling that we will have success. And then, I don't know, just mm-hmm. the way... He had that little smile on his face, and I was like, "Yes, it's gonna happen." <laughs> mm-hmm. right? And uh, yeah, so that that got me that got me excited about it. So yeah, and then um, yeah, and then the other interesting point he noted about um, I guess when they're looking for players, it's for skilled players with um, fast hands, fast feet, and fast brains basically right so the mm-hmm. hockey high IQ is uh is highly important um i guess when they're looking at players and the development wow. of players yeah yeah and, and actually since we've been looking at those plays that you know the plays bracket that the leafs have out um you know that kind of a lot of those that they're putting out there highlights that you know making really really quick plays in tight and stuff like that you know they got to be able to think fast on the fly to make some of those incredible plays that they make. Yeah. So. True. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was really cool, though, to be able to to have that. Uh, Absolutely. We were really fortunate to have this opportunity. Yeah. So, and we're really happy to be able to bring the insights to you because, well, we're not insiders in the bigger scheme of things, but uh, we had this little nugget, so we wanted to share with you. Yeah, there was no media on this sort of thing, so we didn't get it from (laughs) any of, we were the insiders this time. Yes. (laughs) And um, yeah, so we, we now want to talk a bit, just a few couple minutes anyways, about the, um, I guess on June the today basically it was it's june the first but when we release the podcast it'll be june the third but most of our listeners will probably know or if you don't know you can go and look on the toronto sun um website and in the sports section of of june the first online um we actually got uh got an article written about us uh and it was quite surprising lance hornby of the toronto sun um I guess he contacted us a few weeks ago, and and uh, he he noticed us on Twitter, and um, yeah, so we got a full page article in the Toronto Sun, which was huge, and um, we're really appreciative of it, and uh, it was it's very yes, exciting. We're so so yeah, so grateful to him, and we are yeah. so excited about it. So yeah, definitely so check it we, out. Yeah, check it out. Uh, it's on our uh, Instagram page. Um, Yes, we have a link in the bio. We have a link in the bio on Instagram, so you can uh, click uh, directly to the article. Um, But we also want to say that we're so grateful to our listeners because this wouldn't be happening at all uh, without your support. So thank you so much for for those of you who are following us and listening to us on uh, on a regular basis um for a podcast that just started you know basically we're in our first year this is only our 10th episode um we're really pleased with how it's going and and we are excited to obviously share even more with you so 
Yeah, and considering anyway. there's been no hockey for a few months, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be, and we're still able to talk about it. So, and we still have stuff for you uh, to listen to, and uh, yeah, it's never, we never don't have anything to talk about when it's the Leafs. Or I think there's always something to talk nope. about, but um, exactly. Yeah. So that's all we got for you this month. Um, like Syl just said, as always, thank you for listening, um, and please give us your feedback. Follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, our handle is uh, the at sign LTL1917. And go Leafs, go! Go Leafs, go!